and it is the hillbilly and the hipster and i'm chad mccool and i am joined today by with my lovely wife dove mccool and with us as always in the luxurious dumpster fire studio is my brother from another mother andy crow and his lovely bride dr wife dr wife Dun, dun, dun. Who, who I can't see her picture, and I really think we should have like one of those voice things they use on Dateline, like like Ashley be talking like I am Ashley Crow. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to be associated uh, with this. You just you just have the have the like the silhouette drawn out where it's just yeah. her like. Well, that's what Zoom has. All I see is a right. is a generic head and shoulders. <laughs> She's like, I married this idiot, and then he just brought me along for a ride. Seventeen years later, here we are. Well, Andy, we've we've <sighs> talked about this. This is the wives ep- the wives episode, and I will admit I've stolen this idea from a podcast that I listen to and and watch the cross politic. And every year around Christmas, they bring their wives on, and they kind of have a free for all. Um, and so uh, we brought our wives <laughs> on to to either. Give the a bigger peek behind the curtain, and I'm really thinking if we need a Patreon, it's gonna be now. Yeah, so this could go really well <clears throat> or really bad. And by really bad, I mean we're gonna get burned. I feel it in my soul. Where it's gonna happen. It's gonna be more it's than probably you more than fire. Me. <laughs> we're so just throwing. Kerosene on the fire today. <laughs> so, ladies, why don't you introduce yourselves? So, Dove, I will. I will introduce you as I do believe you are our OG listener. You are. You are actually download number two because I was download download number one. To make sure I did it correctly. So, you were actually download got number two. Um, you always got to test it. <laughs> I don't know that that's something to be proud of, though. If you think about it. <laughs> She's not running around like Keith, otherwise she'd be the hype person. <laughs> oh man! All right, so Dove, introduce yourself. I'm Dove McCool. I, I don't know. We've been married for a little bit now, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what to introduce myself with, so. <laughs> Well, that is my You're wife. Can, you, you, you were Canadian. There, there's something. Oh yeah. yeah, you were Canadian. I was, I was born in Canada. Moved to the states when I was four. Chad claims Shout that I Canada. know. Chad, Chad claims I know everything Canadian, and it's so not true. <laughs> I know nothing. But the only person who says the states is not someone from <laughs> America, unless you're from. <laughs> Okay, well, it's, it's definitely this not is somebody a speech from I've rehearsed since I was like five or six. <laughs> so I started going Alaska, to school. If you're from Alaska or Hawaii, you may say the states, but the lower 48, no one says the states. Whatever. <laughs> All right, Dr. Wife. My name is Ashley. I like to reveal as few details about myself as possible. <laughs> Witness protection. That's what this is. Yes, that's why my camera can't be on. Yes. And Andy and I have been married for 15 years. And uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> she covered so ladies, your prayers, folks. Ladies, 
I mean, now you get to you get to finally revel in the decadence of our podcasting life, all the the riches and the fame and the wealth that it has brought us. Yeah, I mean, we are rolling in the tens of pennies right now, folks. I don't know if there's pennies involved yet, but you're rolling in something. So ladies, go. It's getting started. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You what do you want to what do you want to talk about today, Andy? Shall we uh Well, I mean there's there's a lot to talk about here. Um I mean these these are the people that probably uh know it better than anybody else um and that have have seen us um at our at our highest and lowest points probably so i mean there's there's probably stories that that could go on for days um but i think i think really where we should start um is is how they view like their role um as as pastors wives cuz you know i don't think any of them either of them really signed up for that role in the beginning um, as you know, thinking when they were little girls, like, oh, what are you going to be when you grow up? Well, I'm going to marry a pastor. Um, I know Doctor Wife didn't because you know we we were well into our our relationship when that happened, and so there are some there's some changes that go with that, and uh, some expectations, whether right or wrong, that are that are put on you. And so I just you know that would be my question for both of you is to. So how do you how do you see that role? How do you adapt to that role? And and what does that look like for you guys? Doctor Wife, we'll start with you. <laughs> mm, thanks, Andy. I appreciate that. Um, I would, you, yeah, I know you are. Um, <laughs> so I definitely would not consider myself a typical pastor's wife. And so I guess what I mean by that, first of all, I didn't grow up in the church, and um, so by the time Andy finally got into ministry, I definitely thought that a pastor's wife typically played the piano, sang in the, on the worship team, ran the nursery, uh, was a full-time stay-at-home mom. And You, do, you of, did run the nursery for me, though. Yeah, that is true. But the other <laughs> things don't apply. <laughs> um. But with that said, I have found being married to a pastor really rewarding. Um, some of it, admittedly, is probably because I, if you can't tell yet, am a little bit of an introvert. And so, um, believe it or not, the people of the church will talk to you more um, if you're married to one of the pastors. So creating a, a circle that then allowed me to establish some really true friendships I think came a little bit easier um, having having been a pastor's wife. Um, well, I think I think the people the church talk to you more than they talk to the pastor. <laughs> they usually go to the wife before. That's they a hard yes. Pastor. That is that is a hard yes. Yeah, um, I think that being a pastor's wife is all, also really difficult. Um, obviously, because. Um, the people of the church have impossible expectations for a pastor. And so walking through that with Andy is, is always difficult, but for the most part, I find it rewarding. 
And I had to laugh because all the things you described, Ashley, as the typical pastor's wife are everything. No face doing at our church. <laughs> I know. I was laughing about and it. And maybe because I forced her into those roles. <laughs> no, no, no. There's nothing wrong with those roles. Oh, I no. just never saw myself in those roles. So it was crazy to then become a pastor's wife because I thought, no, I don't do this thing. So I can't be a pastor's wife. But mm-hmm. I was already married to Andy. So. Well, yeah, but I, I will say like the. Uh, the the first ministry position I had was a uh, children's children's minister, uh, and you know as we we're talking about it, they're like you know you're gonna run children's church, you're gonna run Wednesday nights, uh, anything from sixth grade and under is you, and I thought oh cool, and they're like oh um, Andy you're gonna need to make a nursery schedule, you're gonna need to be in the nursery, and all I could think about was Andy doesn't change diapers if the kid's not his, <laughs> uh, and it's and it's. Uh, and 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 it goes back for for multiple reasons. One, oh, uh, uh, and, and two, like I just it makes me nervous. Like babies and and small children make me nervous because if you know me, I, I am not a small person, not at all. And like if I step on a baby, it's it's gone. Like you'll never see it again. It's like a it's like a piece of gum on my shoe at that all point. All of a sudden, you're Godzilla and in Tokyo. So, right. Yeah. Why would you, ah. where would the situation be where you why would step on a on, baby? Why are babies on the floor? Why are you just stomping around? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if if you know, you know, okay? So I was freaking out when they were telling me this. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to run a nursery. I don't know what to do in there. Like, I'll rock a baby all day long. And you um, didn't have kids But yet. once it's a, no. No, yeah. No, we uh no, no, we didn't. Um, which is ironic because like shortly after I took this position, um, we woke up in the middle of the night to three kids under the age of yeah. five. Uh, but that's a story for another topic. Um but yeah, so I was like, Hey, uh doctor wife, although that's not your name yet, because you weren't a doctor then, but hey, wife wife, um, I'm 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 gonna need help with the nursery and you know, as I ramble on um she just did it and so i've never been so thankful for somebody um as i was then because she she handled the nursery she recruited she did schedules she sat in the nursery she she rocked the baby she changed the diapers it was it was amazing so yeah i think uh well before dove goes i'll just say this not to put words in her mouth but she had no expectation of this at all because i wasn't pastoring when we met although i was still involved heavily in the church and and didn't necessarily know if i ever would and so then all of a sudden it's like bam you're a pastor's wife let's go well yeah i mean we were you know i've been children's minister i've been working with the youth and then all of a sudden you know dr wife and i have our, our interim pastor at the time come over for lunch and he's like uh, andy i think you could be a church planner or a pastor and i think both of our jobs just hit the floor it was like I I like playing. I'm a youth guy. What are we doing here? Um, and so that that afternoon, single handedly, kind of changed the direction that that we were going. So yeah, there was no no thought of this becoming who I was and who we are uh, until that day. So well, Dove, what's it like being a pastor's wife? I agree with a lot with what Ashley said. I find it very rewarding. Um, just being in the service of God is what has 
brought me true joy. I, I never knew that it could bring me as much joy as, as I have had and continue to have. It's, I'm sure that there's expectations that the people in our church have of me, but I don't know. I, I also just look at it as I'm new at this. I don't really know what I'm doing and I'll just do the best I can. And so I guess I just don't really see those expectations from those people. But again, it might be because there was some prior relationships before you became pastor too. So I don't know. Well, um, it, 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 to sum up ministry, I think you've summed it up because sometimes we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we just do the best that we can. Yeah, I, I was about I, to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure that sums up me in life in general, not just in ministry, <laughs> but like, you know, I have two kids, I'm a husband, I'm working with the youth at my church now, uh, although not in, in, in a leadership role per se, um, and, and all this other stuff. And it's like, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm just going to keep bouncing off the walls until I stick and we'll, we'll go from there. Well, yeah. And when, when Chad asked me to run the, the children's ministry and be their leader, I, it took me a little bit to, to say yes, because I was really, really nervous about it. I never felt like I did good with disciplining other people's children. <laughs> and there's a little bit of fear involved, but once I dug in and he gave me some tips, you know, I, I don't know. I found, I found a path that God wanted me to do with those kids. And, and I had a lot of them that would just come up and give me hugs. And I never really had that before with other people's kids. Was the tip not to be like the Walmart door greeter? Welcome to Walmart. Let me beat your kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not this time. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, no, and it, you know, it, I think it's important, right? And and I I'm going to say this, and I think I could say the same thing. I think Andy would say the same thing. It's it's really important to know that you have that partner with you, right? When when you go back mm -hmm. into Genesis and God created Eve for Adam as a helpmate, um, to have that that helper, right? To have that, and and not that you're doing chores and all this other stuff, but to have you know, I think for both of us to have each of you ladies by our sides um, through it all, through thick and thin and, and ministry's hard, right? Sheep bite. Um, and and sometimes you're you're our first after the Lord. Um, you're our first, uh, you know, you're, you're the first person we're going to to air our grievances or cry on your shoulders or whatever it is for that. I got reason. a lot of grievances there. <laughs> Well, and I, I will say this too, is that that's one of my, what I feel God has told me is one of my main things is how can I support Chad for this thing that we're doing this day? You know, like for when he has to do funerals or weddings, what can I do to make your life better today? And, and that's, that's really a driving force for me as his wife. Yeah. And for the first time in my ministry, I, I am the funeral guy now. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I've already, I'm already going to have two in 20. I mean, I've already done one in 2024 and I'm about to do a second one. And uh, I did like 16 last year. You know, man, I always thought that it would be so much easier preparing for a funeral than it would for um, a wedding or um, just a normal church service. Um, and uh, I was wrong. Let's just be honest. Like those are those are hard to hard to deal with because I never, for some reason, I thought the politics stopped with funerals. You know, yeah. I get the politics of weddings, and I, I get the 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 politics of well, I don't get the politics of church, but I understand they're there. Yeah, I don't get it either. But I, but I thought, I thought, sure, like there's no politics at a funeral. And then I, uh, oh, my mom's calling. Then I, uh, then I preached my grandmother's funeral at the height of COVID, um, and I realized, oh no, there, there are politics still at funerals. So that was yeah. that's always a plus. And personal funerals, I think it pops up more when you know the person. But I, I would say this: I would much rather prepare for a funeral and do a funeral than to do a wedding. Like I have to love you to do your wedding, and even then, I'm gonna think about it. But that being said, ladies, um, I think there's a. I think those are good things and I, and I know I again speaking for any I think we both appreciate you each of you as, as our wives and the encouragement they give us and so like and I think it's not just in ministry right but we're we're called as as husbands and wives to support each other's spiritual journeys um what's some what's some favorite things that you guys like to do as a couple what's some favorite worship experiences that you like to do as a couple and even with the boys you know uh Dovey and I do not have children at home, so we're in a little bit of a different situation. If you say because I'm old, Andy, I'm going <laughs> to. You're safe. You're not near him, so go ahead, Andy. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's just some, mostly because you're old. What's some favorite worship experiences you guys like to do or enjoy as a couple? And how do they contribute? How do they contribute to a deeper connection with you, between you as a couple, and, and uh, how do they, they uh, deepen your connection with the Lord? Yeah, I'm gonna let Doctor Wife answer Violence. that one. Just like Bible studies at church. <laughs> no, 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 Andy. I was deferring to you. You start us off, and I'll chime in. Well, evidently, this is like asking a bunch of teenagers who wants to pray. It's the sound of silence. We should just play the new. We should just play the newlywed game. How well do you know your spouse? Here we go. <laughs> What's Ashley's favorite dessert? Well, I know that like one of one of my favorite things. Um, and this, this this happened back uh, at First Southern um, was, you Wait, know, our big thing was wanting to First Southern and Terre Haute. I know. Um, one of one of my favorite things, because, you know, I'd always said, like, students, kids, they, they need to be involved, right? You can't just expect them to come and, and sit and then go in the back and play games. And so I always enjoyed um, Turner when he, he would, when we would pass the offering play, like he would go around and he would go with me and instead of me passing the plate, I would just make sure he didn't drop it. <laughs> um, and so I would always, I would always let him do that. And then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, he got shy. And so he, he doesn't, he didn't want to do that anymore. So that was, and I know that during COVID, um, 
as a, as a family, we would sit and watch the bedtime Bible stories with the skid guys when they would do that. Um, and that was, that was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I mean, just stuff like that, the really just spending that time together, whether, um, our kids are heavily involved in sports, um, which is both a blessing and a curse as a parent yeah. and as a pastor, um, because there, there are decisions that have to be made. Um, and so, but we really, you know, we use that, we're able to, to use that. So, um, Turner, God love him, our oldest, um, might be slightly competitive. Um, and on top of being slightly competitive, he might have gotten from his mother being a perfectionist. And, and so oh. if he's not perfect, if, if, you can't hit me, you're upstairs. Uh, um, you know, if it's, if he doesn't do it perfect, then there's something wrong with him and he, he just melts all the way down. Uh, and so we're, we're able to kind of use those as a, as a teachable moment, um, about God and his love for us, because, you know, he doesn't expect us to be perfect. Um, obviously, cause it's just not, not in our DNA. Right. Um, so yeah, we he use, we use, <laughs> I'm just waiting for lightning to strike to before strike I go me. on. Is there, is that happening? Is that a thing still gone? Um, so, I mean, I, that would be my answer really is like, we, you know, we try to use teachable moments, um, but we spend a lot of time together, the different sporting events and uh, things like that. Um, and now that, that we're teaching children's church, Turner is uh, at our church, at least children's church goes to, I believe third grade. And so once gotcha. you hit fourth grade, you're out. Um, now there are still church. some fourth graders yeah and there are still some fourth fourth and fifth graders that go but not many um but so we teach that on occasion and so turner's able to go um on our sundays to teach uh because there's no one else for him to sit with in the service um yeah but he he doesn't come and sit and goof off like he comes and he pays attention and he helps like you know he he's he's big on wanting to help and he's he's really um developing that servant's heart i think at least at church not so much at home because lord knows if you ask him to bring down his dirty clothes the world ends but at least at church you know he's he's starting to develop that that wanting to serve thing but uh did, did i leave world. anything out there in the outside, to the outside world, world he's he's life. he's good yeah to the inside world there's a lot of pepper in there <laughs> so what did i what did i leave out dr wife um, I think you got lots of great things. I'll just add two things. Getting to teach with you, Andy, has always been like such a special time. So that's how our sort of ministry together um, thing started way back in Iowa many, many years ago. Um, we somehow wrote, got roped in. I don't even know how that happened, Andy, but we got roped into teaching Sunday school oh, for the, the middle, middle school. school. Mm -hmm. So yeah, our pastor came up to us and he's like, hey, um, the middle school is like the worst class. Nobody wants to stay after a month. If you can just give me a month, we'll get you out of there. But we've got to find another sucker. Um, and we were like, oh, that, that's a hard sell, man. Okay. Um, and then at the end of the month, he's like, hey, we found this couple. And we were like, no, I think we're good. We'll just, we're just going to hang out with them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that's, it's always been fun for us to be able to, to co-teach together. Yeah, because usually in 
you know, I mean, with you pastoring in a variety of ways, we are serving together, but not like actually together, right? I'm in the nursery and you're teaching a class or, you know, we're, so we're sort of like passing by each other, but not actually to be in a classroom teaching kids about loving the Lord is just this really amazing, rewarding experience. And we've been blessed to be able to do that multiple times. We got to do it together in Iowa with the middle school class and then just a really special time in Terre Haute uh, as youth leaders with two other couples and just so rewarding to be able to really create these authentic relationships with students at such an important time in their lives and and to be doing that centered around the Lord. um, Just really, really rewarding. So that's personally for me one. And then we just took the boys to their first Crowder concert. And so certainly to be able to worship together as a family and then together with everyone else there uh, was, was amazing. So I hope we'll do more of that now that they're old enough to be in a loud environment for a couple of hours. Oh, sure. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right, Mrs. McCool. Um, what's some favorite worship experiences that you have of us as a couple? I I would say some of the conferences that I've been able to go to with you, just being able to stand by your side and just worship with you. Things that I I've learned there and and then just being able to talk about them afterwards. You know, it it not only strengthens my knowledge in God, but yeah, it brings me closer to him and it brings me closer to you, you know, as a couple and I don't know, those, those are some of my really treasured times. And I think that's why I have a a really hard time with the, with a new job where I have to start from the ground levels. I can't just, I can't just sleep because I don't have time off just accruing at huge amounts every paycheck, (laughs) you know, where I can just take off and take those times with you because I really value those. Um, when we can do them together. Um, and those are it, good because I, I think that's the one thing is we don't get many opportunities to worship together, right? Yeah. You're listening. We're, we're in the band together. And I yeah. think that's the one thing is pastors and their wives and families, they don't get a whole lot of opportunities to worship together, which is why I think it's it's really good. And I'm trying to open up some channels with some some other you know men in the church to to kind of build them up to have guest speakers um, to have guest speakers that I, I can sit and worship and I, it doesn't have to be a guest speaker because I'm out of town. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's important for pastors to get fed. Yeah. I, I think those have been good times. And even, even those times when I'm, I'm serving with you at, you know, our outreach events or just, you know, our funerals, uh, the wedding that we've been a part of together, you know, just those things to that where I'm serving right by your side, those have been times of worship for me too. And, and that, that has been something I value as well. Amen. Well, and I, I can say, uh, um, cause I, you know, I'm more on the youth side. Um, I always enjoyed my opportunities to lead uh, church. 
Ashley is in the crowd. Not so much because I can preach at her or, you know, because she she'll openly give me my critiques. Right. She'll be like, you. Oh, yeah. You, Many the notes. Way you said that that's that's not you. You're trying to sound like somebody else or, hey, your cadence here was really like, what what are you doing? Um, but also she'll hold me in in uh, in check. So I take preaching very serious. It's it's one of. It's one of my favorite things to do, and it's one of, you know, it's something that, that we're called to do, right? Um, but also, I recognize that I have teenagers, when I preach, that are generally in there and, and trying to hold their attention. Um, I will, you know, throw Easter eggs into the sermons, and Dr. Wife will be like, hey, never do that again. And one instance I can remember, because I got a text. Um, so I'm, I'm on the stage and I'm talking and I make direct eye contact with the student and I was in the more period of my sermon and I dropped the circle game, you know, where you make the circle and uh, move your waist. And so I just dropped that in a natural motion, but he picked up on it and he started laughing all the youth. Are like, and then all of a sudden my watch vibrates. And so I'm, you know, and I talk with my hands. So I'm going and I happen to look at it and, and Dr. Wife shoots a text from her seat. To me, while I'm preaching, and all it says is never do that again. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is one of my favorite memories from, from preaching, is just the the veiled threat. <laughs> I got to keep you honest. From the third pew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have the, uh, we definitely have the post-Sunday service roundtable. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I haven't gotten text. text. Well, I... I don't carry my, I usually shut my phone off. Wouldn't do me any good anyway. (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was, it was a good time. I, that's, that's one of my favorite. So, you know, there are, there are perks of ministry, if you want to put it that way. And there are, everybody's got their favorite aspect of ministry, right? So we're going to get there, Chad. If you'll listen, you maybe not, not for the old pastor, but for the young. (laughs) Um, so, so Dr. Wife, what was your, what was your favorite perk of being a pastor, a youth pastor's wife? And why was it the babysitting? Why was it the babysitting? Oh yeah. Why, why was it the babysitting? Yeah. Because it was free. I mean, it was free and it it wasn't free, but it was definitely cheap. (laughs) I think there are perks of being a youth pastor because you also get, you need to. Oh, absolutely. You get free labor, or at least you know, yes. not free per se. You throw a couple of little Caesar's pizzas at them, and they when we do whatever when we moved, done. when we packed up the U-Haul in Terre Haute, we had like forty people at our house yeah. to load the U-Haul. But of those forty, like ten to twelve of them teenagers, yeah, both current and former students. And I mean, it went quick. But, um, you know, you build those relationships with the students, especially when you're, you know, you're the youth pastor. Um, and then when you have babies, everybody loves babies, right? And everybody wants to hold the baby. Um, and we were, we were blessed in Terre Haute because we had those really deep relationships that, you know, there were two families. One, one of the families of the kid mowed our yard for next mm-hmm. to nothing. And then the other, this family, two of their, you know, 30 kids would babysit for us and like at one point turner came up to us and was like hey can y'all leave so miss elise and bubbles can come play <laughs> like so like turner's lobbying for us to leave so elise and bubbles can come over he he's bankrolling date nights 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, look, I'll find a way to pay for it. You get out. <laughs> so, but that was that was always, you know, that was always a perk, if you will. But it also gave us a chance to to dive deeper into that family because, you know, in order for someone to bring their kids to my house to leave their kids with my kids, right? There's got to be that relationship and it's got to go beyond, uh, you know, a $20 bill. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's definite trust there. Um, all right, so let's hit the spicy stuff. This legend has grown both in, in Andy and my conversations and I believe through some podcast episodes. Um, Ashley, what did I do? I can't remember. I think I do remember exactly to have you brandish a knife at me. Not once, but twice. Okay, the description is just categorically wrong. Okay, so you're misrepresenting <laughs> what was happening. So the actual, I think that wasn't the actual story happening like on either Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. There was a holiday involved, right? It was, you were, it was Christmas Eve. It was yeah, you were in the Christmas kitchen. day. I think it was Christmas Day, and you were in the kitchen chopping something, and I think I made. I think she some... was carving the turkey because I'm not allowed <laughs> to play with sharp objects in our house. <laughs> and, and I think I made a joke, and then you were like, "You, whatever, I believe, what, I believe I had, I had told her, I had told her to to pray for it." And what was the comment that was made by by Chadwick actually? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't remember. I believe Chad would say, Chad goes, no, I'm not, because this was like one of the top five highlights of my life. Because we had come around the corner and I said, hey, Ash, do you want to bless a dinner? And you said, you can't pray, you're a woman. No, that's right. Oh. <laughs> but I was she, only joking. She put, down, pray. she put down the turkey leg and turned around while not putting down the knife. <laughs> And said, say it again. Oh. Yeah. And she played holding the knife. <laughs> yeah. This is not going to help me with certain facets of the audience. Yeah. <laughs> so walk us through that, Dr. Wife. Tell us, tell us all about you threatening to kill my best friend. No, I never would take someone else's life. We were hosting in our home on a holiday. And... It's not my fault you said something stupid. And <laughs> I think that I just need to do our PR. <laughs> that, hey, I just she stopped. was her and other actually were. Um what did we call y'all? Me and Dustin, because if we had an idea, we'd had to oh um risk management. Right. right. Risk, management. risk management. Right. Risk management. Risk management. <laughs> Look, Chad said something Literally, stupid. I, would... I turned to recognize it. I could have said something like i'll cut you or say it again i would never confirm that um all i remember okay. is we were just having to we were trying to have a nice holiday meal and you said something dumb you you won't have to confirm it keith morrison will do it for you <laughs> <laughs> on the dateline <laughs> yeah so i don't know if i've told you dr wife like because we'll, we always spend a good 10 to 60 minutes pre-show um never pre-showing just goofing off and saying stupid stuff and so you know i'll be like oh i, I said this and i you know i may have sealed my fate with dr wife tonight and then chad gets giddy he's like oh i'm gonna be on dateline <laughs> <laughs> 
They're going to interview me. Like, oh, I didn't see it coming. I don't know what would have happened. They were such a lovely couple. Either way, we have a running gag that we're going to be on Dateline either yeah. as, the, as the corpse or the, or the interviewee. <laughs> one of us. One of us. But no, man, going back to Ashley and risk management, like we'd come up with an idea to do with the youth. And then we would take it to the deacons and we'd be like, hey, we want to do this. We just want to make sure we can get it on the calendar. And the the head deacon, who looks like a soap opera character, I love this man, uh, Craig Swafford, his wife runs <laughs> oh, yeah, the, yeah. Oh, the mafia oh, in Terre Haute. Craig did look, does look like a soap opera character. He looked like a soap opera character and his wife runs the mafia. You can't tell me she doesn't. Um, and he would look at us and be like, have you asked risk management? And then the, the pastor who had just moved in was like, wait, we have risk management on staff? <laughs> <laughs> like, what has this idiot done? <laughs> and then another deacon goes, nope, it's just their wives. <laughs> and so we would we would literally have to come back the next day and be like, hey, we talked to our wives and they said we couldn't do that, but what about this? And they're like, well, as long as it's approved, it's fine. Just put it on the counter. <laughs> so, so now I realize that you've been my risk management <laughs> So I probably do what you have been my risk management, <laughs> and I probably yeah, but I run everything it. by mine before we do it, so you're fine, right? So I'm your risk management, Chad. Okay. Well, I'm by sure Dobey is actually now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. By proxy, you've been my risk management, All right? All right. So speaking of Chad being stupid and saying stupid things, I kind of uh on on an episode that's about to drop. I believe I uh, queued up a story. Well, oh, Andy and I were both talking about things we've done in, in glorious idiocy. Um, but uh, I lost my vehicle once. Well, actually, more than <laughs> But I lost my vehicle once when we first kind of started dating. And I called you thinking someone stole my minivan. Like, who would steal a minivan? Remember that? Oh yeah, that was and, funny. And what's it like parking with me at the grocery store? It's it's a disaster because I go after go where the car is, and you're off somewhere else. I don't know where you are, and then I, I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> to the car. <laughs> and I uh, I may have had to use the panic button more than once <laughs> in parking lots to find my car. I think I've done that once. My favorite is when I got in the wrong car. Oh, I've done that. Oh my gosh, I have a story for you about that. You just that you park, you know, close. Maybe not the exact side by side, but you go to the first car that you think is yours, and you you're never wrong. And then so you can't figure out, <laughs> you know, why it's not un un you know unlocking. But then you pull the handle and it's unlocked, and you're like, oh, what fits? And you put your key in and it doesn't turn, and you're like. What's going on? And then you look down and you're like, oh, I don't have leather. Holy crap, this isn't my car. <laughs> so not that I've done I, that. What? When I used to travel a lot, I I got after a bunch of delays and I had to go from like uh it was actually funny because I had to go from Memphis to Chicago, but in order to get there, I went from Memphis to Denver. Couldn't go home and I went from Denver to Chicago. And I got in late and they I remember this. They gave me a it was a silver trailblazer. And I pulled into the hotel and it was super late. I, and I had to be at the client early in the morning. I get up, I just grab the coffee in the hotel and I hit the clicker and there's a silver trailblazer right there. And I open the door 
and I get in and it is trashed inside. Like, and, and there is, there is copious amounts of women's underwear all over the, <laughs> the front seat, like stuff just everywhere. And I'm like, that what the heck is this? And what I realized is I had parked on the other side of the parking lot, hit the clicker, heard the beep. And this one is the same exact vehicle as I've rented the same model. And it was unlocked. And I <laughs> got into it and I panicked because I'm like, did some woman get killed? Like what's going on? Like I literally have an anxiety attack because there's just women's underwear everywhere. And the whole thing is trash. Like it's nasty inside. And I just, and then it hit me. I was like, Oh, you moron. You didn't park here. And I just slowly got out because Lord knows, I don't want to see anybody see me getting out of a vehicle with a bunch of women's underwear in it. And just walked down to my car and went away. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. So, Dr. Wife, in in our years of, of ministry together, and we'll just go life together, right? We've been, been married 15, together 17-ish. Um, I've done some pretty smart things um, mm. over those years. There was no need for the hmm. <laughs> I was muted. I laughed. <laughs> there was no need for the hmm, Dr. Wife. So Faye hardly um, knows you and she's laughing. Yeah, well, that's to be expected. But so I've done some smart things, but not many. And so let's let's look at our time together. Um, and we'll just we'll take ministry because there's if we go non-ministry, I have something in my head. But what is the absolute dumbest thing in ministry that you think that I've done? And how did you handle it? Hmm. There are so many to, to choose from. Right yeah. <laughs> And I, I, to be fair, I put her on the spot. So uh, if you're listening at home and you know me and you're thinking, oh, that's not the dumbest. This is the dumbest. She didn't know this question was coming. Okay. Yeah, I, I so didn't. Otherwise, <laughs> I would have prepared a comprehensive list. Um... <laughs> she would have had, had pie charts. It would have been ridiculous. So you've got you've got 10 or 12 years worth of, of memories to go through. What uh, What stands out to you? Well, I don't know if you're wanting me to pick a particular one, so you may have to answer your own question. Oh, but... oh I'm, I'm literally, I'm not. Because if, if we were going outside of ministry, um, the poor pizza guy in Iowa is what pops into my head. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that's another uh, story for another day. Yeah, but I'm, the... I'm, I'm not, so I don't, I don't have one. The things that have made me angriest, which is not your question, but is how I'm going to answer, is every time you put your hair on the line for VBS. So they raise a certain amount of money uh, and you're, they're shaving your head. Or they're sh it's, it, and I think that you do it because you know I don't like you with a shaved head. And so then it's for the kids and it's for VBS. So how could I possibly say is no? This is a good time to, is this a good time to tell you that's probably going to happen this year since well, I'm more involved with the youth and kids? You've done it enough that now I just expect it. Um, so from my perspective, that's the dumbest because it's your hair and you're well, letting the kids The dumbest kids was when it. we let the kids, yeah, when we actually gave the, the knife, not the knife, the razor to the, the kid, yeah. that may be the dumbest thing I've ever done because he had behavioral issues. But that was the name that got drowned, and you can't be like, "No, little Timmy, give me the razor back." Please don't slit my 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 throat while you're doing it. Oh my, yeah. So that comes to mind. 
I mean, anytime that you, you have a tendency to try to sacrifice your body for the sake of ministry. So <laughs> well, Paul it's did. being pied in the face, it's shaving your head, it's getting those like bubbles that you climb in and then run at each other. And oh, you, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of pain involved in that. There was, there was so much pain the next day. I didn't walk real well after that. Yeah. So those are some of the things that come to mind. Just have him shave your beard. No. I have See, that seems to be off limits, right? Because he wants to look like every other 30-something-year-old man in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, bald head and a bushy beard. <laughs> I, you lose no, your here's car, the Chad, in the parking lot. I would lose Andy because it's just there's a whole bunch of Andys. <laughs> I'm bigger than most of them, though. No, here's the thing: if I if I were to shave my beard, I I look like a totally different person, and it's not for the good. Like it, it children everywhere are terrified. It's like that. Like, here's the thing: have you seen that picture yeah. about his beard? It just doesn't it doesn't feel right. So so I had a church member at Agape. Um, and it was the last year we were there, so like Bible school ended, right? And then three days later, like I'm out, right? I'm I'm in Kentucky, um, and so one of the elders came up because they were going to pie me in the face, and that doesn't that doesn't bother me because um, it doesn't necessarily hurt a lot. Um, and they're like, "Hey, Andy, how much money? Like, we know if they get a certain amount of kids, you're going to take a pie. How much money do they have to raise for missions in order for us to shave your beard?" And I know the moment I give them a dollar amount that it doesn't matter what the kids bring in, there's going to be an elder in the back with a checkbook. Yep. That's why you got to go million. <laughs> million dollars. And so I was like, you don't want to know the price. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, $10,000 minimum. See, Vicky could make that happen. So you got to go like seven. Uh, Vicky wasn't. Vicky was at first Southern. I was at a oh, guy. I know. I didn't have to worry but about still, Vicky. she'd still she'd still make it happen. But when I said that, when I tell you that two of the the deacons and an elder looked at each other, and I thought for a split second they were going to make a couple phone calls and come up with it. So yeah, I always give some outlandish number because I don't want to look like a creep. And if I shave my beard, that's the nicest way to put it. I'm gonna look like a creep. So if you shave your head and your beard, do you look like Caillou? You remember Caillou? Right? Oh, Caillou! Caillou <laughs> yeah, I, really, realistically, I have a Charlie Brown type head. It's really large, oh, yeah. and it's not. Yeah, so if I shave the beard and the head, it's it might as well shave the eyebrow too. I was just thinking if off. if you did It'd shave be like your a white beard, to Pickett Smith. I was just imagining if you did shave your beard and maybe trim your hair a little bit, you'd be like an adult Bobby Hill. <laughs> he already is an adult Bobby Hill. <laughs> I know. That's what I've heard. <laughs> but then he'd have the looks to go with it. <laughs> For the right price. I don't get any ideas. <laughs> for the right price, Dumpster Fire Nation, we could make this happen. That's right. We're going to have a GoFundMe for $10,000. Let's make Andy look like Bobby Hill. No, no, no. It's going to be more than ten because I got some, I got some debts that I want to go ahead and cash in on. So No, this is all going to charity. <laughs> yeah, it's called Andy's bank account, okay? 
so yeah, there's uh, there's some of the dumb stuff. I didn't know that that bothered you all that much when I put all that stuff. You never said no. Oh, come on. You knew full well. And you still do. But I love you. That's a valid, so. that's a valid point. Whatever. Yeah, so I, like, I guess similar. I, so I never put my body on the line. Like they, the worst I did was like dunk tank. Like they can't shave me. They can't do any of that stuff. Like I draw the line when I was a youth pastor. Um, now is whenever we do like a church picnic, I'm always like, we have a little, it's not really a dunk tank, but we have something like a dunk tank and they always want to stick me in it and get me soaked. So that's, I put Dave that's in a dunk the, tank and he broke his toe. Yeah, I remember that. That's because he had, he, he was too dang tall. because he's 12 it, so. foot tall. <laughs> when it like, The dunk tank's eight foot go. deep and he's seven foot 37. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what what are some of the complicate? What I mean, I don't know. Same question to you. I don't I don't have the same situation now with youth or anything like that. But are there any complications in ministry or any sacrifices I make that sort of bug you? As she pulls out a scroll and is like, <laughs> I know, just rolls it out. <laughs> this was the this was not the question to ask. I'm not going to have to think on that one, but. <laughs> this is radio. Dead air's death. I know. I know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, I don't really. You're not doing ministry right if you're not making your wife regret some of the decisions you've made, Chad. I think the only thing that comes to mind is I, I'm. I've learned to like your beard <laughs> and oh, the, the best, beard. the best is when one of our members comes up after his time of shaving saying that looks so much better. And I'm like, I secretly agree. <laughs> yeah. I do have a, a church member who hated when my beard was long. Her <laughs> husband would tell me and then I'd make a joke about it. And then her husband would get in trouble because she would find out. And then, when I took it down, she was like, that looks so much better. When I took it off, she was like, oh, thank you. You look so much better <laughs> without it. There was, a, there was a lady in our church who just, she was the sweetest lady ever. Like, she's the reason we started going to the, that church before I was in ministry. And uh, I I hate to shave. That's really the reason why I have a beard is because I, I hate to shave. I, I'm just lazy. Um, yeah, it's and so, like, they're shaving. There are, uh, it is, there are times that like, I look like a fat homeless slob because I just, I don't, I don't want to trim it. I don't want to shave it. I'll just, I'm a youth ministry. Like I don't have to look neat and tidy. And so I preached like that one Sunday. Wait, hold up one second. All you youth pastors in Terre Haute, except for one, all look the same, (laughs) slightly homeless. Yeah. There's a reason that. So, and then the next Sunday I had to preach, right? So like she, we had a big event and I kind of, I led that event. And then the next Sunday I had to preach. So I, I went and got a haircut and had them trim it down. And she came up to me and she gave me a hug and she goes, I love it when you preach. Uh, you do such a good job. And also you finally trim your beard when you do. And I just appreciate that because you look like an actual person now. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I sat there for a second and I was like, well, what did I look like before? And she goes, I just, I just need you to know that I love you. She <laughs> <laughs> just walk away like nothing was said. Uh, Miss Blanche was awesome. Well, it is awesome. She's still around. Well, I guess uh, I know I know you got a hard finish and we're a little over, Andy, so you're going to be you're you're probably already watching whatever you need to do. <laughs> but I've um, got the score on. We're fine. <laughs> uh, I guess. How do you what's it like supporting one another in if, uh, not, not now and now outside of ministry, but as a couple in ministry, just as a as a couple that are Christians in a Christian household, what's it like? to support one another in your spiritual journey. Um, you know, and, and as you continue to grow, right, this lady that I had that I knew back in uh, in Shepherd, Texas, always told me, you know, uh, sanctification is a journey, not a race. So it's, you know, sanctification is a process that we go through. We go through side by side with our wives or with our, with our spouses. Um, what's it like? How do you support one another in your personal, in your personal spiritual journeys? You got to answer in first, Andy. You know this by now. Oh, I was waiting for her to kick it in. Like I, she's the guest. You know, I'm, you know, she's waiting for you. <laughs> I don't know. So that's it, a hard. It shouldn't be a hard question to answer, but it really is because our our personalities are so different, right? So, Doctor Wife is the the extreme introvert, and I am an like extrovert noisy, introvert. You're the noisy introvert. I'm the. <laughs> I'm the noisy introvert. Um, and so it, you know, you gotta kind of pick and choose your battles, I guess. But like, so I've, I've, I've come to realize that me putting her on the spot isn't always the best. And she, she kind of needs that time to recharge. And so there, there are things that I, I would like us to do as as a couple like it's just I know that it can't happen because it's not healthy for us as a couple uh, or yeah. her as a person right yeah. so I've gotta I gotta learn when to when to shut up when to let things go um you gotta know when to hold them, know this, when to fold them yeah yeah you gotta carry <laughs> yeah. Rogers that stuff man and 17 years into this thing that we call a relationship I'm still learning um <laughs> Because there are times that I'll go all in and like she'll give me this look and 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 to clean up what is being said with these eyes is is that really the chip you want to play right now? <laughs> and then I have the choice. I can pull that chip back and be like, just kidding. Or I can be like, nope, putting two in. What you gonna do about it? So and then the knife comes out. No. And then <laughs> the knife kidding. comes out. <laughs> <laughs> she sleeps with it under a pillow. Um <laughs> So yeah, uh, that, and that's that's where I'm at. Is you know we're just you know continuing to learn what the other one needs and and where we're at, right? And um, it varies through seasons too. Like you could just because you you get a good grip or grasp of it doesn't mean it's you know there's a season that's going to happen you know as it does uh, as individuals and as a couple that you may have to relearn some things. Yeah, and I think that, um, like, personality-wise, again, like, we're so different. And, you know, the way that we process things, the way that we handle things, like, right now, this season of life that we're in, um, you know, I tend to be 
like I I'm, I'm going through some stuff and her knowing how to handle that with me helps because I don't know how to handle that with me. Right. I've never been one that's good with, with my own emotions or feelings. And so her being able to come to me um, and in a, in a joking way going, Hey, why don't you grow up and deal with that? Um, and that's not the exact verbiage she would use. It's more like, Oh, so maybe it is time to go see somebody. Um, you know, that, that legit helps because it helps me to kind of put things in order as the, you know, maybe I do need to take time for this, or maybe I do need to, to take time for that. And so I think just knowing where each other is both personally and spiritually and every other elite that we can, we can throw into this conversation um, and, and being able to walk through that together. So Dr. Wife, what, what you got? Um, well, I think that I'll just add that the thing that's been so precious about you know, being married to a believer is, and, you know, now that we've been married for the time that we have been is just always being able to be the first one to point the other back to the Lord. So if, if something's not going the way that we thought it would go, um, or we're struggling with something that, you know, I think because of the depth of the relationship that we have, we can have that just honest and straightforward conversation about, you know, what is the Lord trying to teach us in this moment? Or what does your prayer life look like? What does your scripture time look like? Um, in a way that feels really authentic instead of just sort of like the, the Bible study chatter um, that we might ask each other from time to time without having that, um, that deep relationship. So I think that that's been really sweet. Um, even though it's certainly a, moments of accountability. Um, it's great to have that, especially when we have all kinds of other opinions in our life, friendships, whatever the case may be, um, to have that grounded, uh, Christian perspective right in the house that I live in, um, is really wonderful. And I, I will say with that, um, it usually takes me a little bit to realize that that's a good thing. So and not all the time, but there are times that I'll be like, I'll be super excited about this and it didn't go the way that I want it to go. Uh, and then I'm just down and, and she'll say something to the effect of, well, you know, are you, how are you praying on that? Or like, maybe it's just not the Lord's timing. And in my head, I'm like, well, shut up. Like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> and like in my the, head, I'm I got so, that text message from you this week I'm, when I invited you to something. <laughs> yeah. Like being, yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to hear this. I didn't, you know, I jokingly told my Sunday school teacher, like, I'm not going to continue to come to Sunday school if you're going to continue to step on my toes. Okay. I don't need that. I come here to feel good about myself. Um, it's a joke for those listening. That's a joke. <laughs> uh, but no, there are times that I, you know, Dr. Wife will throw something at me and I'm just like, if you say something irrational one more time, I'm going to lose my junk hmm. because in the moment we're not rational. Right. It's being rational is not a human characteristic. It is something that is very much learned. Um, and I I am 39 years old and I think. Right. I'm 39. Sounds about right. Um, and I still have not learned that completely. So um, that is, again, it's something sweet, like she said, but it generally takes me. Anywhere from 10 minutes to two hours to realize how sweet it is. 
Yeah. And I think for me, when I have those irrational moments or, you know, and, and I've gone through some, I think the last few months in ministry have been um, hard, uh, just in, in different areas and things like that. But uh, Devay has a really good, she's really good at pointing me back to the cross. Um, she's really good at convicting me, but not, not deliberately. Right. I mean, it's the spirit that convicts, but she's really good at pointing me back to the cross. And I, I really, and in those moments, it might be like, Oh, come on, really? But you do really appreciate it, you know, in, in the long run. And maybe, maybe it's 15 minutes later or two days later, but really appreciate it. That it was really poignant and necessary to be said and, and just, but always getting pointed back to the cross is huge. Um, so Devay, how do I how do I support you in your personal spiritual journey, or or not? <clears throat> well, I would absolutely die if she was like you don't. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't exactly know how I would come back from that to kind of like segue us to the end, but I would have absolutely I'd have fallen out of my chair. I think you're doing a lot of prep work for your new podcast, the hillbilly, the hillbilly <laughs> and the blacksmith. <laughs> it's all right. I've got Bryce. <laughs> oh, I do miss Bryce. Sorry. Go ahead. See dumpster fire. <laughs> I I would say that um, I feel like I'm really. I'm always learning things because even though I've always believed in Christ, I grew up in a, in a religion that was very heretical. And so I feel like I'm, I'm a very new Christian in some ways. And I think that the way that you best support me is, is sometimes I get in these tunnels. I call them tunnels because I just go in these circles of doom and gloom in my head and you bring me out of those and you you do the same you point me back to Christ or you remind me of something that we've talked about in the past and it's like oh yeah I need to make sure I'm I'm not letting the fear of whatever I'm in that circle about um so that I I am coming back and I'm putting my full trust back in Christ instead of myself and I think just the answering my questions about, you know, theology and doctrine is, is been really huge for me because it's definitely grown my relationship with Christ and just being there to support me when, when I'm in those downer times and I just need to bring it back to Christ. Well, ladies, since you are are some of our OG listeners and consistent listeners, um, open table critiques, criticisms, make this dumpster fire better. The floor is yours, ladies. I've told Andy. We need a producer. You need <laughs> a producer. To, I am the producer. <laughs> we need a new producer. <laughs> you need a producer that is neither the hillbilly nor the hipster. <laughs> well, I've always said that, that you know, I think I have more hillbilly tendencies than Andy does. <laughs> so I, don't I think you have more hipster tendencies than I do too. 
I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I think you might have a little bit. So when the ten thousand dollars comes in, get a producer. All right, we could pay a producer. <laughs> Somehow in the in the dumpster fire empire, we need to get an intern. We don't need to pay a producer. We need to get an intern. That'll work. <laughs> Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other critiques criticisms do you enjoy it or do you just listen to it and you be like oh gosh these two idiots <laughs> i bet there's a lot of that last part i i have enjoyed it i'm behind in episodes but i'll catch up guys <laughs> i can always tell when we've said something that doesn't really set well with her after or she's I've listened to it something. Or really, you, it's generally you. Because um, she'll come in, I'm like, oh, did you listen to the episode? And she'll just give me that look, and she'll be like, we'll talk about it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Going down. Well, all I remember is, is a long time ago, before we started this, being on a Zoom call, and I think, I think Ashley was in the room while we were talking, or she came down, she came into the room, and she was like, is this what you all talk about? And I remember telling her, this will be the podcast. <laughs> and true to point, this is, yeah. <laughs> is the podcast. It has come to fruition, yes. I remember when Keith <laughs> first started listening, he was like, like, how do you guys, like, how do you guys prep for this? And I'm like, there's no prep. This is just us. I mean, occasionally it's a text message before or five minutes. Hey, I think we'll talk about we this do. this week. I think that we we've tried a to, couple. to plan a little more, um, well, and it never works because we can't stay on topic. But when we did the series, when we've done series, we prepped. Oh yeah, the series they work out really well. Yeah, because we have to we have to be on top of it then. Well, you know, ladies, as you know this, living with us every day, we are men of business, and the dumpster fire has been an business. empire without doing some business. So, Andy. Let's do some business before we wrap up. Uh, Take care of the business, fellas and ladies. Today's episode, while it's a very special episode, brought to you by the wives, also is brought to you by St. Galgano's Armory. St. Galgano Armory is the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise and apparel. They use traditional techniques to create unique and stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Galgano himself. Each item is a work of art crafted with care and attention to detail. St. Galgano Armory believes that quality and authenticity are paramount, and that's why they use only the finest materials and take pride in their commitment to traditional craftsmanship. The products are not only beautiful, but they're functional. Anything you might need, St. Galgano probably has you covered. portion of all sales goes back into the community. So let me ask you this. Why settle for generic, mass-produced items when you can own something hand-forged and unique and help the community. So visit them today at stgalgano.etsy.com to browse their selection of handcrafted blacksmith merchandise and apparel. And don't forget to check them out on the social medias. That's right. They're on uh, X and TikTok at St. Galgano Armory. I'm sorry, at St. Galgano. And they're on Instagram at St. underscore Galgano underscore Armory. And check them out today. We have the Dumpster Fire Nation. He has the Underscore Nation. That's right. He needs one more underscore in that in that handoff. 
You have the UN of underscores going right there. Well, ladies, you get the last word today, not Andy. Cricket? Maybe you have some recommendations. Cricket, have cricket? you read any books? Have you read any books lately or watched anything that you've enjoyed? What's good for you, ladies? What's been going good for you? I defer to Devin. Oh. <laughs> I hate Ashley. Dove's gonna be like, well, I defer to Chad. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll say this. Cedar, get in here. I think that I, I think that God has blessed us with some with some wonderful wives, um, some wonderful partners, not just not just in life, but in ministry and in everything else. And and God's word says this, Proverbs 31, verses 10 and 11, an excellent an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. And I feel that I could think I could safely speak for Andy that we both um, feel that wholeheartedly in our hearts. Yep. Nailed it. Well, you can reach out to us. Uh, as a very wise man once said, hit us up on the Gmail. Although... From the part of country he's in, or we both lived in, it should be hit us up on the Gmails. You got an add an S to it. <laughs> hit us up Everything's the, got an S. That's right. Hit us up on the Gmails at hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. Um, you can connect with us on, on X and Instagram at hillhipsterpod. Um, and anything you want to, you know, you got recommendations, questions, Whatever it is. Uh, and don't forget to give us a, a review. Uh, give us a five-star review on uh, on the podcatcher that you use. Mainly, I think the reviews go for Spotify and Apple. Um, those of you who listen on Google Podcasts, I believe Google Podcasts is going away. So they haven't taken us down. The really? whole thing. Yeah. yeah, it's going away. <laughs> it's a typical Google thing. They get you hooked for the 10 years and they're like, this product is crap. We're going to go move something. That we're going to make you change your entire life to something else. Um, I, I do have one this. thing to say, ladies. I got one question for you. Andy and I have discovered that we had one download last week from Russia. Now, practical, the pragmatist in me would think that that's someone using a VPN. Andy and I both think it's Vlad, it's Vladimir Putin. That Putin loves it. Do you think Putin's down for the dumpster Putin, fire? Putin is part of the dumpster fire nation, yes or no, <laughs> Dr. Wife? Absolutely not. Because that's not, a no. That, that's not a no. <laughs> that's not a no. That's not a no. All I heard was absolutely. And I chose to quit listening after that. <laughs> a lot of different things, too. Dr. Wife, I mean, not Dr. Wife. Mrs. McCool. <laughs> I guess I secretly want to say that's his secret obsession, but you know, that's it, Andy. That's right. We are Putin's secret obsession. Putin rides shirtless on a horse through the outskirts of Russia, listening to the hillbilly. <laughs> Amen. On that, that's that's what, what happens in my head. Be good, well, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This will be a yearly thing, so you have a year to prep. I think we're going to just do a wise episode every year. Or maybe this will be your, your spinoff podcast, Mrs. Hillbilly and Mrs. Hipster. <laughs> Colin, God, please help us. All right, y'all. Well, be blessed. Bye.
Where's the record button to stop it?